0: the jkr podcast today we have canes baseball director of college recruiting and pro 5 head pro 5 academy head coach we get anthony burke on the jkr podcast for the canes baseball series anthony super pumped to have you on the show how are you doing today
1: i'm doing good i appreciate you having me on and very excited to kind of tell you guys about you know what we do both canes and pro 5 virginia wise
0: Awesome, I mean, I'm super excited to dig into it, like I mentioned. But before we dig into Pro 5, before we dig into Kane's baseball, I got one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the j Care podcast, and that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Anthony Burke?
1: Say, so, you know, this is Anthony Burke. I'm the head coach of Pro 5 Virginia and Kane's recruiting coordinator. You
0: know, before you became – or I guess let's just dig into, you know, how – just your baseball background. So, you know, before Pro 5 Academy, before Kane's Baseball, you know, take us through, you know, how you initially got involved within the game of baseball, and then what was it that motivated you to make it to that next level to, you know, actually coach and, you know, help out those next generations?
1: That's a good question. I mean, I've been, you know, around the game of baseball since I was three years old, just growing up playing out front with my parents and, you know, always kind of had a love for it. I enjoyed playing other sports as well, but baseball was just the one that I don't know. I always felt like I was good at it. I liked the strategy behind it. I liked the thinking that went into it. You know, it wasn't just about being athletic. There was a mental component that I really enjoyed. And then, um, you know, kind of getting into coaching, I went and played in college. I played at Chipola Junior College down in Florida. And then I went to College of Charleston after that. And then I wound up finishing up at UNC Pembroke. And uh, just the different coaches that, you know, I kind of interacted with and had experiences with, um, you know, I just, I wanted to be able to, Give that back to kids and, um, you know, kind of show them the right way to go about their work and, you know, how to be coached and, um, you know, just have a positive impact on, you know, the younger community. That's really the main thing when it comes down to it for me. Yeah. So,
0: you know, your playing days are coming to an end. You know, what does when did that, you know, motivation kind of come up? And when did you make that decision in terms of, okay, like, you know, maybe after my playing days come to an end here, you know, whenever that happens to be. You know, I think I'm going to go ahead and be a coach. Like, when did that kind of set in? When did you make that decision? And then what was, you know, maybe that first opportunity that you had when it came to actually coaching the, the game of baseball?
1: So I graduated or I got done playing in 2018 from UNC Pembroke. So in 2019, I went back to finish my degree, and I was basically like a, a grad assistant, undergrad assistant, um, and, and really just kind of got my feet wet with the coaching thing. I knew it was something, you know, I wanted to at least see if it was something I'd be interested in. So after that year, um, Coach O'Neill down at UNC Pembroke gave me the opportunity to kind of stay on staff, and, you know, he let me do a lot of different things with the pitching stuff and kind of learn how to become a coach. And after that, I was like, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, I wanted to be a college coach for, you know, the longest time. And then Jeff kind of came to me with multiple different opportunities within the Canes and Pro 5. And for me, it just made sense to come back home and kind of take this, you know, thing on.
0: Yeah, so what was that? T- as, you know, you become that GA for the University of Pembroke, you know, what was, that, what was that toughest transition from, you know, going from your playing career to actually your coaching career? What were a couple of those toughest
1: transitions and how did you know hurdle um, some of those roadblocks? I think for me, it was mostly like, You know, you go from being teammates with guys to the next year being their coach and, um, you know, kind of getting their respect in a different sense, I guess, because, you know, a lot of those guys are your friends. You know, you hang out with them um, off the field or you were just in the locker room with them, you know, sharing those experiences. So, you know, the coaching side of it to me is completely different. Um, You look at the game differently. So for me, I think that was the best thing for me. Like for any advice, like if I could go back, you know, through my career, You know, I wish I would have taken, you know, a summer instead of, you know, playing or something, giving myself a chance to coach, because I think you just see the game differently. And um, for me, you know, my first year coaching, I tell people this all the time, I learned more than my, you know, 20 years playing just because as a coach, it might make sense to you. But how can I make it make sense to, you know, five different kids who I might have to phrase something differently? Um, So for me, that was probably the biggest adjustment is, you know, learning how to phrase the same thing differently to different kids so that they understand it.
0: Mm -hmm. So how long were you at the University of Penbrook as a GA before you actually ended up? You know, Jeff was starting to reach out to you about pro five, about Canes baseball. You know, how long did that timeline take? And then what was that transition going from, you know, a GA to, you know, an actual spot with Canes and with pro five?
1: So I was at Pembroke for a year. After that, I got a full time position at Randolph-Macon, where I was the pitching coach, uh, Division three school up here, about 45 minutes from us here in Virginia. Uh, And I was there for a year and a half. And then I went down to Chipola where I played and I coached there again for a year. And then last year so, what are we in, 23? So December of 22 uh, was when I kind of made the decision and Jeff came to me with it. Um, you know, of, you know, coming on full time and doing the pro five stuff. So I've been with them for about, you know, 15 months now. Um, I have kind of a unique story with Jeff. So I met Jeff when I was 16 years old. He was actually my high school coach at the local high school, Riverbend High School. So one day I was down at the field just kind of working on my own. It was a summer day. I was just hitting off the tee, not really doing much. I just got my license. Um, And Jeff actually, which it's crazy that it was Jeff Petty, just happened to come by the field. Uh, that day and he was like hey you want some ground balls I was like sure I was like I don't really know who this guy is I don't know you know really anything about him so I was like sure I'll take some ground balls he's like and then after that he's like hey here's my number like you know you ever want ground balls or want to get any work in like just just hit me up and I'll come down so the next week I texted him I was like hey you want to go hit me some ground balls and he came by and that's kind of how our relationship started and then I kind of worked for the Canes in the summers throughout college um, but never really you know coached I did a lot of operation stuff um and things of that nature, but never really had the chance to coach. Um, so, you know, I've kind of been within the organization, I guess, for, you know, 11 years now, you know, in different ways and facets.
0: Yeah. So you talk about Randolph-Nacon. Macon—that is the same school that I just got off, like I said, just got off the phone with Jared. That's where he played college ball. Were you there at the same time he was? Did you guys have a previous connection before the Canes? What's that look
1: like? No, we missed each other by a year. I would have loved to coach him. That would have been awesome.
0: Yeah. So when when you did start with the Canes, you know, as a college kid, as you're starting off, you know, kind of being on the operations side, what did that look like through the summer? Like maybe what were some job duties that you had going on and how did that slowly evolve, you know, as you just continuously, you know, went back for, you know, summer number two,
1: summer number three, what did that kind of look like? So when we first started, because the Canes and then Dynamic, who's our tournament business, they kind of coincide together. So my job was to basically get all the game changers. So like we'd have a game changer at each field for dynamic. So get them set up. So there was typically around 25, 30 game changers. So, um, you know, figuring out how to get that, how to get the iPads to places. And then on the cane side, it was a lot of, you know, booking hotels, booking flights, making sure we have the gear. A lot of the stuff Jared does, just not as high a level that Jared does it or as many teams because back then we didn't have as many teams and I really just focused with Jeff's team where Jarrett just, he does the whole organization, which I could not imagine doing that. Um, so really on a smaller scale of just, you know, taking care of that kind of stuff. And then when we got on the road, my main job was to basically make sure the kids are fed whose parents income. You know, we'd go to like Top Golf and things of that nature, like do some fun activities with them. Um, and basically just kind of be their parent on the road, drive them around to, you know, wherever they needed to go. So when so when Jeff reached out to you initially, you know,
0: you, you're at that one year at Chipotle College as a coach and he reached out to you about, you know, maybe coming on board for Pro 5. You know, what exactly did that look like? What was he kind of offering you in terms of a job position?
1: What did that look like? And then when you first started with Pro
0: 5, like what were some of those job duties?
1: Yeah, so it, it kind of, we talked about it the summer before a little bit, and it was just introductory phases, like in uh, July of 22, and he was like, hey, like, this might be a thing, like, do you have interest? And I was like, yeah, like, that's interesting to me. And then um, November, you know, he's like, hey, we're going to do it. Like, you know, I, I kind of need to know where you're at. So I was like, okay, okay. give me like a couple weeks to try to try to think this through. Um, So then in December, basically what he told me was, you know, I'm going to be the head coach. I'm going to handle a lot of the recruiting and, you know, kind of learn how to run a business in a sense under his wing, which has been, you know, really great for me because he's obviously started multiple businesses that have been very successful. So, you know, to be able to have his backing and kind of learn, you know, how to handle the money side of it and deal with the parents. And, um, you know, a lot of those things that you don't do as a college coach. When I was a college coach, it was just, you know, dealing with the players. I never dealt with the parents. Um, I didn't deal with the housing. I didn't deal with the academics. I didn't deal with any of that. Um, so being able to learn that part of the the game and, you know, how to run a budget and do things of that nature have been, you know, really awesome for me to grow, you know, not just as a coach, but, you know, as, as a person.
0: Yeah. So after that first year, you know, you're dealing with parents, dealing with all these different types of stuff. How does that evolve to your position as the head coach there at Pro 5 Academy?
1: So we're still learning. I mean, we're in our first year now. Um, so still kind of learning through it, but for me, you know, we've been very fortunate this first year to have a very good group of kids and parents, um, that have made this transition a lot easier for me. I, I think the main thing, and we talk about this all the time, like with our players is, is communicating. Like if you communicate properly, um, a lot of the, I guess, headaches or things that may come up, you can kind of avoid, um, just by communicating properly with the parents and the players. And, you know, for me, it's finding a balance between, you know, telling our players, you know hey, you need to communicate this with your parents, Um, you know, whether it's, you know, hey, we're doing – or, you know, the bus is leaving at this time or the updated itinerary or, you know, something like that because we do send out itineraries for trips. But, you know, giving them a chance to communicate with their parents, but also on the back end, us going in and being able to communicate with them as well and, you know, make sure everyone's kind of on the same page with what's going on.
0: Okay, so is Pro 5 Academy in Virginia, is that an extension to Pro 5 in North Carolina?
1: Yes, yes, yes. We're a franchise of them
0: okay i was just curious because i was talking to aj shepherd former Kane. i'm yep. um, not and i texted him today because i was like hey i know you went to pro five for a year what do you know about coach burke i know he's pro five head coach you got any insider information for me and he was like well there's a pro five New York, north carolina and a pro five virginia and i was 100 percent i'm assuming like they worked in some way together i just wasn't 100 mm-hmm. percent sure um but like when you go through pro five academy obviously you guys have a bunch of you know commits going to different different kind of uh, colleges you know what does that come about you know actually constructing a roster, what does that look like on the academy side when you're constructing a roster?
1: Yeah, so it's it's kind of a mix to be honest with you. So it, it's a mixture of you know having kids reach out to us and apply, and then what we do at that point is we take them through a process of um, you know first off having a talk like this where I kind of explain what we do, and then from there having them come and take part in a practice, and us being able to evaluate them compared to our other players. And then showing them around, you know, our campus and kind of everything we have. And then from there extending an offer or at that point, you know, going separate ways. So that's kind of how part of it is. Part of it is me recruiting, reaching out to different people. I know Um, a lot of scouts help me out, to be honest with you, different pro scouts saying, you know, hey, I'm here. And this guy's interested or different college coaches. So it kind of it's funny. You know, my two jobs, I'm talking to the same type of people. I'm talking to pro scouts, and college coaches. So they both kind of intertwine within each other. Um, and, you know, hearing, you know, hey, this kid from, you know, Pennsylvania might be interested in, in an academy. You might want to reach out or, you know, me talking to the coach at school, XYZ saying, you know, hey, we have, you know, you know, I have a player for me that plays for pro five, but also there's two guys that play for the Canes that I think you should be interested in. And, and just being able to kind of leverage all of our relationships. Um, so it's kind of interesting how the recruitment process or constructing a roster goes for it. it it's it's um, this first year it was it was kind of a mix and I'm um, assume it'll be like that as we kind of grow and continue to move forward.
0: Yeah. So, you know, when you are reaching out to different kids or you're just having regular conversations, people reach out, you know, kind of, what is that recruiting, recruiting pitch in a way? It's like, okay, we think pro five is beneficial for you for this, this, and this way. Like what does that recruiting pitch kind of look like?
1: Well, to me, I think our program, you know, prepares guys for the next level. Um, and really we offer something that a normal high school can't like I I tell kids this all the time through the recruitment process, like, You know, you might have a really good high school coach who does a great job, is very structured, you know, has lifting, you know, all of that that goes into a program. But, you know, he just doesn't have the time that we have. You know, this is our job. So we spend, you know, six to seven hours a day with these guys on their craft, you know, with their hitting, their lifting, their eating, making sure they're doing stuff the right way. So so to me, I like to tell these kids all the time. It's like, hey, when you show up to campus your freshman year, I don't want you to just be a part of the team. I want you to go in there and take somebody's spot. I want you to go in there and compete for a position. It's not about, you know, hey, you're just happy to be there. It's about I'm going to come in and I'm going to take somebody's spot. And I think our program prepares guys for that because you're going to be around like-minded individuals who had that same goal as you, who had that same drive. And also you come to our program, you know, you might not be the best person where if you stay at your local high school, you might be the best person in that area. Where you come to our program, you know, you're going to be challenged and you're going to face really good competition. Day in and day out, you know, within our team, but also when we go and play these other academies um, that have a high level of competition. So to me, it's about preparation and the long picture um, of really what you're trying to get throughout your baseball career. And, you know, to me, I think the goal is when you get to college, you want to play. You know, you've never sat on the bench for 56 games before. It's not very fun. So, you know, what's going to prepare you more for that, going through a normal high school season or going through an academy style season when we're going to dedicate that much time to it? Um, And more than that, you know, to me, it's about them learning to be on their own for the first time, the life skills that come about that, you know, time management, you know, learning how to cook, things of that nature, um, you know, that are outside of the baseball realm that just help you grow as as a man.
0: Yeah. So you know, as we look at uh, academy baseball to high school baseball as a whole, you know, obviously you guys, this is your full-time job. What does that kind of look like? What's the benefits to a high school kid, not just playing academy baseball for four or five, but just academy baseball in general? Like what are some of those benefits beyond what you kind of just mentioned um, instead of playing high school baseball?
1: I think to me, it's the schedule you get on. You know, you play a normal high school schedule. It's going to be, you know, 20 to 30 games somewhere in there where our regular season is 40 games. Um, The other thing is, you know, we travel down to Florida, Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, North Carolina, we hop on the bus and, you know, like our first two road trips, we went down to Florida, that's a 13 hour bus ride. And then we went down to Columbia last week. So, you know, that's what you're getting into when you play college baseball. It's not just, you know, we're going to hop on a plane and go to these different places. You know, it prepares you for, you know, hopping on a bus and getting down there and taking care of your body and, um, you know, going and being challenged. You know even these other academies that do such a good job, you know, it's it's the same thing. They have kids with that like-mindedness of, you know, they want to be challenged and they want to play really good competition that's gonna, you know, push them to be better because if you're not doing that, there's somebody else that's gonna be working harder than you.
0: Yeah. So they're at Pro Five Academy, obviously you guys are just in those initial couple stages st- stages there in Virginia. So you guys haven't had a you know freshman class go all the way up to their senior year. But for academy baseball, how does that generally look like? Are, are most people who come in as freshmen, are they generally graduating from that academy? Um, for the most part, what does that kind of look like in terms of, you know, keeping that same roster year to year?
1: Well, for me in our initial stages and how our setup is, is like we'll never have more than 40 kids. So the most kids we plan on having is two teams. Um, so for us, it's mostly juniors, seniors and postgrads. We'll take a couple talented sophomores, mostly freshmen for us. Uh, We haven't had one yet. We have two really talented sophomores on our team right now. And I'm very picky with sophomores because I think, you know, first off, you have to be physically strong enough to kind of endure the season. And then second, you have to be mature enough to be able to understand, hey, you're competing with guys that are four years older than you. Um, And then there has to be an initial, you know, are you talented enough to compete with these guys at this level? So for me, that's the youngest we have up to this point is our sophomore class. Mostly it's junior, senior, postgrad is kind of what we focus on. So, you know, having guys for two to three years come through our program, we haven't had it yet, but it's something I look forward to. And, you know, to me, it's going to be fun to look up and, you know, watch the video from, you know, their first bullpen compared to, you know, two or three years later when they lead us and just be like, wow, like, you know, the progress you made and how much better you've gotten. And, you know, grown as a man, you know, baseball is what baseball is. And I think there's a lot of great life lessons you learn through baseball. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I wish I could tell our kids that, you know, hey, all of you are going to go play the MLB for 20 years and make millions of dollars, but, you know, more than likely they're not. So to me it's about the life skills that we teach them along the way, like, you know, being on time, um, being accountable to each other, you know, taking care of their stuff, learning to cook, you know, just being a good person at the end of the day that, you know, you care for other people, uh, you know, that's what's more important to me than going out there and and winning and losing ballgames because that's the stuff that, you know, translates, you know, throughout life.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned that during that, you know, the pro five recruiting pitch, you guys are taking them through what your guys' campus looks like. So they're down there in Virginia where you're at. What does that pro five campus look like? You know, maybe there's some different classrooms on campus. What exactly does that look like, you know, when you're taking these guys on their visit through their camp through campus?
1: Yeah. So we have a um, we've kind of teamed up with a minor league field here in town called the Fredericksburg Nationals. Brand new minor league park. They've been around for this will be their third season Uh, turf field, dirt infield. Um, and we have full access to that thing. So we practice there every day uh, during the week, and then we play all of our games there as well. So that's where we play. And then across the street from there is an apartment complex where our guys stay. And then we have coaches, myself and two others, that stay over there and monitor, basically do room checks, uh, making sure the kids are taking out the trash, you know, doing stuff of that nature. And being there, you know, God forbid something happened, you know, at least we have a coach there that can help, you know, with whatever it might be. And then About 10 minutes from there is where we have our indoor facility. It's a $20,000 or 20,000, square foot uh, facility. It has our classroom. We have our full weight room in there, five indoor mounds, nine cages, um, hit tracks, track man, you know, all the data and stuff, you know, to be able to help our guys, you know, accomplish what they're trying to do. So everything's within, you know, really a two and a half mile radius, which is very nice that, you know, our guys aren't driving all over the place because that would just give me anxiety.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. So, <laughs> obviously, with most academies, I mean, a lot of their on like their schoolwork is done online, which I'm assuming is probably the same way there. What does that average school day look like for you guys? Because you guys might be able to be a little bit more flexible than a traditional high school when it comes to. All right, you're going to school 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Then we have a three hour mm-hmm. practice afterwards. What does the average school, like I guess, school day slash practice day look like for you guys?
1: Yeah, so like I'll take you through today. So today we practiced uh, from nine to twelve. And then after that, we give them an hour lunch break. So, you know, some of the kids pack their lunch. Some of them will go grab some lunch in town. And then we met over at our facility after. So they had academics for an hour and a half today. So they did their academics from 1 to 2, 15, 2.30ish, somewhere in there, because a lot of our kids are finishing up their academics because they've worked far ahead. So Coach Mustang is actually our academic advisor. So he does a great job kind of communicating with them about, you know, what they need to do. They meet with him once a week and go over the assignments they have coming up. Um, and then after that, they got done with their academics around, like I said, 2.15, 2.30, and then they got a lift in. So they were done at about 3.30. So, you know, when an average high school student is in class from, you know, 8 to 3.30, our guys just got, you know, a three-hour practice, their academics, and their lifting done in that same time frame. Obviously, you know, our guys have to do academics outside of that. So it's really teaching them, you know, to what it's going to be like in college, you know, and you know how that is. You're going through it now to where, you know, you go to school during the day and, you know, do your other stuff like this. And then, you know, at nighttime, you got to crank out some assignments. So our guys are learning, you know, that schedule and how to manage their time, um, you know, on the academic side of things as well. And then we also have tutors and people that come in and help them, you know, if they're struggling in classes or need SAT prep or things of that nature, um, you know, some local people in town that come in and kind of help with that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, so for the academy, so this is going to be a two-parter question. Starting off with mm-hmm. the school side, for the academy school schedule, is that still like, you know, normal, like a traditional high school when it comes, you know, all right, mid-August, we're going to be head, going and starting with school, you know, May, uh, May June will end. Um, Is that kind of how that academy school schedule is kind of aligned? And then when it comes to actually playing ball, what does that schedule look like? I know there's a big time academy tournament coming down there in Hoover. Like, is that like the start of it? What is that? What does that academy schedule look like school wise and on the playing field wise as well? well?
1: Yeah, so school wise, actually, a lot of our guys started in about the middle of July um, because the program we use, it's called Auburn out of Florida. And you're basically able to start whenever you just have to be in class for seven months at a time. So a lot of our guys started in July and they're finishing up um, around this time now to where they've, they've knocked out their assignments. So it's a 10 month program, but if you work ahead and are able to knock out your assignments, you can finish it in seven, if that makes sense. Um, so a lot of them are at that point. And then our season, I like to break it up three parts. We have our fall season, our winter season and our spring season. So our fall season runs, uh, middle of August, so I think we start around August 20th. So middle of August to the end of October, that's our fall season. During that time, we're out on the field, practice five days a week, and then during the middle of the week, we also play games against junior colleges or other academies. Um, and then we get into our winter training portion, which everything's really more tailored towards the individual at that time. So that's when we start lifting heavier, um, cut back on the baseball a little bit, and start you know really taking care of their bodies more, You know, making sure we're eating right, getting bigger, faster, stronger over those three months. So November, December, January. And then our spring season started this year, uh, first week of February. So first week of February, our last game is May 10th. And during that time, we'll play 45 to 50 games. And like I told you earlier, travel down. We started in Florida, then South Carolina. We got some teams coming up this week from North Carolina, head down to Hoover. So um, kind of go all over the place, you know, once that starts. And it creates, you know, that college schedule for what these guys are getting into. You know, they want to play at that level. Well, Here's your trial run. Here it is. You know, this is what it's going to be like.
0: Yeah. So when you guys are in like a kind of a high school academy, maybe a couple of postgrads, but playing, you know, some junior colleges, what does that kind of look like, you know, in terms of competition level wise, when you guys are facing guys at that next level who are probably, you know, a little bit more mature, a little bit older than the guys that you're actually coaching on um, on your team?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because I, I think the thing for me, especially playing a lot of these junior colleges around here who do a really good job, of getting, you know, really good players in there. They just might not be, you know, the power five type of player where, you know, I think it's good for our guys to see, you know, like, you know, I'm going to use, you know, two of our, you know, better players, Cam Nelson and Marcus Bradshaw, who are going to be, you know, potential draft picks this year. They had the chance to be for them to play against those guys and see how they go about their business, you know, their routine, you know, seeing that, you know, Hey, this guy might not throw 95, but he's still finding a way to get hitters out you know, with the three pitch mix and being able to hold runners and, you know, for them to just see the game in a different light, you know, not, you know, they might be the most talented, you know, player on the field, you know, tools wise, but they might not be the best player. So for them being able to see that and understand, you know, I might have all these different tools, but how do I refine them? You know, how do I make them better so that at the next level, you know, I'm ahead of those guys. So for me, I think it's been very opening, eye-opening for them to see, um, you know, some of these different college guys and how they go about their business. Like, we played a lot of really good uh, junior colleges this fall that, you know, challenged our guys. And, you know, they had to, um, you know, learn to kind of play the game differently, I think, than, you know, a traditional high school game is, is so.
0: so. So you talk about how you guys you know, use the Fredericksburg Nationals. The Is that what the Frederick, Fredericksburg Nationals is the team name? Yes, yes. Okay, so you, you guys talk you talked about how you guys use the Fredericksburg Nationals um, uh, facilities when it comes to, you know, um, fall, summer, uh, fall and spring season to actually play your guys' games. You guys have access to their facilities. How does that work when it comes to, you know, the beginning of the fall, maybe the end of your guys' spring season when, you know, minor league baseball is, coming to a be- uh, is starting and then coming to an end? Like, how do you guys, you know, schedule things around that? What does that look like when it comes to, you know, using that facility, but also, you know, that minor league season's also going on? within that facility as
1: well yeah so it's um it's a bit i wouldn't say challenging it's just we have to do a little bit more work on our side we've also teamed up with a local college here mary washington local division three school who whenever we can't get on the frednats they kind of let us go and practice over there so it's great to kind of have that relationship with them Um, but when the frednats are in town they have full access to it so we can't go over there which obviously makes sense um so being able to kind of manage our schedule and get in there on days when, you know, they're not in town. Um, It's just kind of a scheduling thing on our part. You know, having Mary Washington be able to work with us and help us out has been huge for us um, to have that relationship and to be able to get on the field. Because, you know, like you said, at the beginning of August, when it's nice outside, we want to be outside as much as we can. So to be able to have that relationship and to be able to go over there and use their field has been very beneficial for us as well.
0: Yeah. So with Pro 5 Virginia being like a branch of actual Pro 5 Academy, you guys are just in your guys' what, first, second seasons, what do you think has led to the Pro 5 success as a whole? To where the point to now they're adding, you know, Pro 5 in Virginia, I'm sure they might be expanding a little bit further as well. Like just through your eyes, through your point of view these past, you know, 15 months or so, what do you think has led to that Pro 5 success?
1: I think they do a really good job of training and developing people. I mean, I I think that's why we went with them was, you know, we saw a track record of people who do stuff the right way. You know, it's not just about, you know, making money and bringing in a million kids. It's about, you know, developing these kids and and preparing them for what they're going into. And there's also a God component to it, which is very important to myself and my boss. Um, You know, we do optional Bible studies every week as a staff. Uh, we have mandatory Bible studies. And then for our players, we do optional Bible studies, which is not something we push on them, but something that a lot of our guys is taking forward. And um, you know, myself and my boss think is is very important in helping these young men grow. And, and that's something that I think the pro five brand has really helped us or why we kind of went with them is because we have those same values. You know, it's, it's not just about baseball. It's about growing these young men, you know, through faith and, and also, you know, through the game of baseball and helping them, you know, with different life experiences. So that's the main reason we went with them and why I think their program's doing such a great job and why it's going to continue to grow. And we're very fortunate to be a part of it and, um, you know, be able to work with those guys.
0: Yeah. So, you know, as you build relationships with a lot of these guys who are coming to play for you at pro five, you're you know, obviously you're the director of recruiting for the Canes, but are you also helping some of these guys at pro five, you know, kind of handle what that recruiting process takes on. Uh, What type of role do you play in the recruiting process for some of these pro five guys?
1: I'm very tied into what they're doing, um, helping them, you know, sculpt emails or get in touch with college coaches or, you know, how to take video, how to tweet video, um, how to do all those different things that I help our Canes players with, you know, same with our Pro Five players. You know, for me, it's easier with our Pro Five players because I'm with them every day. You know, I see them, you know, five to six days a week. Uh, Where the Canes players, we're doing a lot more over the phone, but. To me, it's great to be able to build those relationships on both ends of it and to be able to help kids through the process because it is very confusing and the college recruitment is ever changing and it's going to continue to change. Um, So staying up to the times with, you know, what works and how to get in touch with these college coaches the right way and and have a plan of how we're going to go about it uh, to me is, you know, the end all be all when it comes to it.
0: All right. So at this point, you guys, you, you mentioned that, you know, your guys' spring season starts, you know, beginning of, beginning to mid to February. So you guys are, you know, a couple of weeks into your season already. But what are some of those goals and some of those expectations you have for this 2023 spring? And then even beyond that, as you guys transition to that next calendar year for fall of, 2020, fall of 2023, what does that kind of look like for some goals and some expectations of your Pro 5 Academy team?
1: So for me with the group this year, you know, it's keeping them healthy throughout the year. I think that's, you know, the first thing. Uh, the other thing, you know, I'd like to go down in that Hoover event, uh, go down there and win a championship. We also play in two other tournaments. There's one down in Charlotte we're playing in and then another one in Cary at the end of the year. So, you know, really ramping up for those events and making sure our guys are prepped for that. But, you know, more than that, I think to me, it's about the development of these men. It's about, you know, when we hit that summer baseball, you know, mode where these guys go and they get on the road and they get in front of college coaches. I want our guys to be playing their best baseball at that time um to me that's the important thing you know get in front of those college coaches being able to leverage our relationships to you know say you know hey school xyz you should come check out this guy because he's peaking right now and you know he had a really good spring um with that and then you know as we grow you know getting the two teams next year is a goal of mine that I think is going to be attainable um as we continue to kind of grow this business and then you know looking at it next year I would like our you know 12 seniors you know to play opening weekend of their college, you know, season that following year, you know, I don't know what's going to be in store for them. You know, obviously it's, it's a year away, you know, from this past weekend. So a lot can happen in that time, but I would love for them to be able to give me a call, you know, Thursday night before, you know, they open up on Friday and to be able to say, you know, Hey coach, I earned a starting spot, you know, opening day, you know, that to me, that would be, that gives me chills thinking about it. Um, but to me, that would be like, that's the, that's the goal of what we're doing is for guys to have that experience. Um, and, you know, to prepare them for, you know, that level.
0: Yeah. So with all these different pro five guys that you're coaching on a day-to-day basis right now, you know, what are some of those relationships you're building with some of these guys? Obviously you talk about, you know, them giving you a call on the Thursday before opening day, obviously for you to be in that position, you have to have a good relationship with a kid like that. So just what are some of of these relationships that you're building with some of these players that you're coaching on that day-to-day basis
1: at pro five? I mean, to me, I'm relationship based with everything in life. You know, I, I think that's just, that's kind of been my motto. That's kind of been my mantra. I learned it from the head coach of Randolph-Macon when I was there, Ray Hedrick. He was very relationship-based, and I try to be the same way. You know, it's, it's it's talking to these kids, not just about baseball or yelling at them when they do something wrong. It's, it's telling them when they do something right and being able to put your arm around them when they're struggling and also being able to talk to them about, you know, their family. You know, these kids go through a lot of different things. And to be able to be a sounding board and a positive influence for them for – you know, for years from now, when they look back, I want them to be able to say, you know, my time at pro five, that was, that was the best time of my life. You know, I felt like those coaches really cared about me as more than a baseball player. You know, they cared about me as a person. And to me, that's what I really try to focus on is actually learning about these guys, you know, learning about their families, learning about, you know, what they have going on in their personal life, asking how they're genuinely doing on a consistent basis. Um, And to me, I think that's what we do a really good job of is connecting with these kids on that level and showing them like, Hey, man, we do care about you. You know, this is a big decision for them to come into our program and leave, you know, their home and their family. So to me, kind of being there to look out for them and know, like, you know, hey, we're always here for you. You ever need to talk? Like I tell my guys all the time, like, you ever need to talk? I don't care what time it is. You give me a ring and I'll hop on. I'll I'll hop on the phone with you. But, um, yeah, that's the main thing. Just showing them that we care about them as humans because
0: we do. All right, so you mentioned Coach Mustaine. Obviously, you're, you're involved with Kane's Baseball and Pro-5, just like Coach Mustaine is. I know there's a bunch of Kane's Baseball players who have also played at Pro-5 in the past. You know, how does Pro-5 Academy and how does Canes Baseball you know play hand-in-hand?
1: Hand? Well, to me, I think, you know, to a certain extent it doesn't, but also to a certain extent it does, um, you know, with our relationships of kids, you know, through Kane Baseball, because, you know, we meet them in the summer. They get to play for us. We see them at different events. And then they get to kind of understand the type of people we are. And then that kind of coincides to them, you know, wanting to come to pro five at that point. Um, So, you know, they kind of both go hand in hand with what we do. Obviously we have a lot of the same people working within both organizations, which, you know, I think is great. Um, And I think, you know, both organizations kind of have that same motto and structure, you know, for what we're trying to do with these young men.
0: All right. So you, you, you started with the Canes back when you were a college ball player, or no, you said high school ball player, correct? Like end of your high school Uh,
1: career? Yeah, after I graduated high school is when I started, so. Okay,
0: so you've been there for 11 years now, you said. um, So, obviously, you had a little bit of small just job duties when you first got started. But when Coach Petty reached out to you about Pro 5, like, right, did that also come with some stuff with Canes Baseball? Like, when did in that timeline, like, when did that kind of work out to where you started working, you know, as that director of recruiting for Canes Baseball?
1: Yeah, so during that time, uh, Dan Gitson, our GM with the Canes, kind of, you know, reached out and said, you know, hey, these are going to be your job requirements, you know, on the Canes side of it. And uh, my main job requirement is I am the director of college recruiting. So my main job is like right now during this time of the year, I'm talking to kids and families about, you know, the recruitment process, you know, how to go about it, you know, as they kind of ramp up for their spring season with, you know, getting videos, emailing coaches on a consistent basis, you know, kind of what they need to do to prepare themselves to put themselves in position that, you know, when the summer comes around, they're ready and are already on people's boards where instead of trying to play catch up at that point. So that's kind of what we're doing, you know, this time of year. Um, Another thing I do with the Canes, I help with the recruiting for a lot of the different national teams. So setting up different phone calls with people and helping fill those rosters is another thing that is, you know, where most of my time goes um, on the Canes side of it. So those are the main two things, helping people through the recruitment process and then bringing people into the Canes uh, for our national level teams. So when you first started with Kane's
0: Baseball, you know, was that what your job duties were off, you know, right off the bat um, and then how have they evolved potentially these past 15 months? You know, have they changed at all or they've kind of stayed the same, you know, this first year, year
1: and a quarter? They've been pretty similar. I mean, with Kane's Baseball, a lot of what we do is like, you know, at the end of the day, the job needs to get done. So there might be some little things that come up that I have to do that aren't in my job requirements. But you know what? The job needs to get done. So it's just part of it. Um, you know, like, you know, back, you know, when I started, we did a lot of the shipping where now, you know, with Under Armour, we don't do much of the shipping. So me and Coach Mustaine or Jarrett um, would kind of handle that and, and get that stuff out to people and do stuff like that, where that's kind of been taken off of our plate, which has been nice uh, moving forward. So, yeah, they, they're ever evolving. But, you know, the main thing is making sure that, you know, we have teams and we're helping these kids get to college. That's Those are the main two things I'm concerned about.
0: Yeah. So, you know, as you're playing a role in these kids, you know, recruiting processes, is there a different, you know, seasons when it comes to the whole recruiting process for college coaches? Because for, for me as an out like an outsider, I always see, you know, when kids are committing to power five schools, it always kind of, kinds of seem like it comes in bunches. Is there like different seasons when it comes to, you know, all right, in the fall, this is what I'm going to be doing for this kid's recruiting process in the spring. it might be something different. What does that kind of look like when it comes to, you know, helping these kids through the recruiting process schedule wise?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's kind of a a base plan in place, like, you know, going through the year, like, you know, January, February is getting these kids ramped up, you know, sending out some initial emails to colleges, kind of letting them know, you know, hey, you're interested, here's my schedule, Uh, you know, for the upcoming spring, I'll make sure to shoot you my, you know, summer schedule. And then, you know, March, April, May, you know, updating those coaches with how your season's going, if you get any videos shooting out their way. And then, you know, May is sending them your summer schedule, letting them know what events you're going to. You know, if there's any camps you plan on attending, making sure you're asking these coaches, hey, are there any camps you're going to be at where I can get in front of your coaching staff? Um, So really that runs, you know, throughout the summer and even into the fall and the fall for me, you know, there's less events. So at that time, there's a bigger chance for you to be able to go and get on these college campuses, because to me, the recruitment process is a two way street. Like, you know, you may want to go to school X, Y, Z, but, you know, do you like their campus? Do you know anything about their coaches? What's their retention rate? you know, with their players, do they develop guys, or is it more just they're bringing guys in to win? You know, how many transfers are they bringing in per year? Because, you know, at the end of the day, these college coaches, if they don't win, they get fired. So, you know, making sure you understand all those things that go into, you know, making a decision like, yeah, it's cool to post on Twitter, you're going to school XYZ. But to me, it's even cooler to look up and say, hey, that kid's playing at school XYZ. He didn't just commit there. Um, So, you know, the recruitment process is crazy. You see eighth graders, ninth graders committing, which I'm personally not a big fan of, Um, you know, a kid hasn't played a a varsity at bat or game, you know, of high school and you want them to make their college decision. To me, that just doesn't make much sense. Um, But I get it. It's competitive. And if they're not doing it, some other program is, and then you're left behind. So it's kind of an endless cycle and just being able to talk people through the process. And, you know, everyone's at a different stage through this thing. You know, there's 26s that are committing. There's 27s that are committing, but there's also 24s that are still going through the process and trying to figure out what they need to do. So, you know, everybody's journey is different. It's just, you know, kind of trusting your journey. So obviously like this, that
0: was actually that that brings me to my next question perfectly, because I, I wanted to kind of talk about you know, that landscape of college recruiting, you know, with it, you know, some guys like I saw 2027 20, commit the other day. I mean, there's a bunch of twenty sevens that are already committed um, for you, like with this recruiting process starting for some kids so early, like when do you kind of introduce that recruiting process to somebody like when do you maybe have a sit down meeting with the player and his family be like, all right you're about to go through this recruiting process. This is what to expect. Like, when do you kind of make that decision on talking to the player and his family? And when you are having that, kind of what is that rundown that you give them about the recruiting process?
1: To me, it's typically sophomore season. Um, they're freshman year. Like if college coaches are trying to talk to them or, you know, go through the process with them, um, you know, I will talk to them at that point, but it's not something I really want to put on their radar yet. You know, to me, it's, you know, Let's keep playing this game, getting comfortable with the circuit, getting comfortable playing in front of college coaches because there's an anxiety that goes, you know, into having to do that. Um, So getting them, you know, really just getting their feet wet. And then from there, you know, sophomore year, it's talking to them about, you know, what's upcoming. You know, a lot of the power fives by the end of your sophomore year are not going to have many spots left. So understanding, you know, if it doesn't happen this summer, you know, it's not saying it's not going to happen because it could happen down the road, but it's more than likely going to be, you know, your junior year. You're going to have to start looking at mid-majors and schools of that. Um, and some of the things that I talk to people about, you know, first off, their grades. You know, are you going to be able to get into this school? Second off, you know, the coaching staff. Do you know anything about this coaching staff? Do you know anyone who's played for this coach? You know, what kind of coach is he? Um, the third thing, you know, is, is the demographic. You know, is, is, you know, this school in a place where, you know, you want to go? You know, if, if you're a kid who's from the city, you know, you probably don't want to go to a school in a very rural area. Um, you know, and you'll probably be more comfortable with the city vibe. So, you know, understanding and, you know, telling these kids, like getting them on campus, talking to them about going to camps, because, you know, like I just mentioned, it's a two-way street. Like a school may be interested in you, but are you interested in that school or are you just interested in the name? So, you know, trying to get these kids to understand that it's not just about chasing a name. It's about, you know, actually, you know, looking at the next four years of your life and understanding, is this where I want to spend the next four years of my life? you know, with this coaching staff on this campus, getting this degree. Um, And then, you know, you know, beyond that, you know, when you graduate, you know, what kind of network do they have to help you get a job? Um, And, you know, things of that nature, just things that, you know, most kids don't think about. They think about, you know, the now, which I think a lot of us get caught up in that a lot of the time, Um, but, you know, trying to open their eyes to the bigger picture of this thing.
0: Yeah. So in the roles that you have, you know, as a director of college recruiting for the Canes, being a pro five head coach and helping those kids through the recruiting process over these past couple of years, you know, how have you built just, you know, a wide range, a wide network of collegiate coaches? Like, obviously, you said you're very relationship based individual. So what are some of these relationships you have with some of these collegiate coaches?
1: You know, to me, it's a lot about trust. You know, I I think you you send a coach a couple of players a couple of times like, hey, here's a couple of names, you know, I think you should look at. Uh, they look at them and they like them, you know, they're going to want to come back. So to me, that's part of it is, you know, the trust factor. The second part is, is just communicating with these guys, you know, asking what they're looking for. We have a database within the Canes that has, you know, 250 schools and it has their needs for each class. So, you know, I'll, I'll text, you know, Kurt Elbin down at Virginia Tech and say, hey, what are you looking for in the 25-26 class? Um, and then put it in our database, you know. Text, you know, John Delora down at TCU, who's a very good friend of mine, you know, and see what they're looking for. And, you know, the other thing is going out and, you know, when we're on the road at these different events, just introducing myself, you know, talking to them, telling them about what we do is the main thing of what we do as well. And, you know, at the end of the day, the Canes brand is, you know, so big and it speaks for itself that, you know, a lot of these college coaches trust what we do and they trust our word. And I've been very fortunate to, you know, work with a lot of them directly. And, you know, like I said, over the years, just, you know, Helping them with different players, it builds that relationship and that trust.
0: Yeah. So when it comes to your actually like schedule in the summer while you're with the Canes, obviously we know what your fall through spring looks like being at Pro Five. But what does that schedule look like in the summertime? You know, maybe going to some of these different tournaments. Like what is your job do throughout that summer
1: and what does that schedule look like for Canes baseball? So in the summer, some of the main stuff I do is sending out the pitching rotations each week uh, to our college coach database so that they're informed with who's going where if there's any updates to that, communicating to them as well. Um, The other thing is going out and seeing these players, you know, watching different teams play so that, you know, I see them with my own eyes. It's not just video. Um, And then on top of that, it's going to different recruiting events, you know, sitting with different coaches, talking to them, um, you know, college coaches about, you know, what they need, you know, watching different players that can possibly, you know, we can bring into the Canes organization, you know, on a national level. So to me, it's, you know, kind of running all over the place and, uh, you know, trying to build our brand and, you know, seeing our players that we currently have and being able to, you know, talk to different coaches and get our guys in front of those different coaches.
0: All right. So with you, obviously you're with the Canes baseball brand. There's Canes national Canes American as the two main teams, but with all these different, you know, Canes branches, do you play a role in that as well? Or for the most part, do you kind of stick with these two Canes American Canes national teams?
1: Yeah. So I stick mostly, mostly with Canes American, um, Canes National, and then our scout team, which is our third national level team, which is compromised of all uncommitted players, uh, which was a huge hit last year with the college coaches, just because they love showing up to a ballpark and seeing, you know, hey, there's 20 guys on this field that I can look at um, and that are up for grads and they're playing on a national level scale. So those are the teams I work with mostly. Um, a lot of different our franchises handle it themselves. And then we have different directors within our North um, Central and South that kind of handle those teams. So for me, I help with more of the national American and scout level teams.
0: Okay. So looking back into you know, your entri- entire coaching career so far, you know, so those couple years, you know, as a GA going to Chipola, going to Ra- Randolph Mason, correct? Macon, Randolph Macon. Okay. See, yeah. I mean, I knew it was something like uh, sometimes on this Zoom call, you can't always hear hundred percent correct. Uh, but, you know, with, with your coaching career so far, just looking back into it, you know, as a whole, you know, maybe what are some of these just favorite memories, just favorite experiences that come to mind when you're thinking about just your experience at, you know, Randolph Macon, Chipola, um your at the time as a GA, Pro Five, Kane's baseball. Just what are some of those, you know, best memories, best experiences that just come to mind?
1: I, I think Randolph Macon for me, you know, it was the COVID year. Um, so we were having a great year. We were 16 and one. Um, actually I'll kind of go back stuff. We were fifteen and one. As you know, the NBA shut down and we had a game scheduled on Wednesday against York. Um, And, you know, during that game, we didn't know if the season was going to continue. We didn't really know what was going to happen, but we were kind of treating it as our our senior day. You know, this is the last time these guys could be able to lace up their their cleats. And, um, you know, during that time, that's all that'll always be a special moment for me. Uh, We threw a one hitter. We gave up a hit in the ninth inning with two outs, a lazy pop up that a kid didn't die for. I was like, oh, my gosh, come on, man. Um, I don't know if he would have caught it anyways, but it was just like, you got to go for it. Um, but we threw a one-hitter, and and it was awesome. And, you know, after that game, you know, kids are just taking it in. We found out the season's cut after that. You know, we were done. Um, and we were ranked number one in the country. So, you know, to me, that was a very hard thing. You know, in my first real coaching job to be ranked number one in the country, you know, have a chance to compete for a national championship, which really, you know, you don't have many very often or very chances uh, for that to happen. But to kind of have that taken away from us, you know, it was tough and to be able to learn with that. And then, you know, dealing with COVID and all that obviously stunk. And then, you know, another thing, you know, just looking on my coaching career was, you know, getting my first win as a head coach here a couple of weeks ago. You know, all the kids signed a ball for me. And, you know, that's something that I'll have in my, you know, case forever, just something that, you know, I'll always be able to look back to. And, you know, I thought that was a very kind thing that, you know, our kids and coaching staff did, you know, just to kind of commemorate, you know, our first, my first win as a head coach, but more importantly, you know, our first win as a program for Pro Virginia. So, you know getting that first win as a head coacher just a couple of weeks ago.
0: You're a young guy. I mean, he looks like what maybe 25, 26 years old from just you know talking to you on the Zoom. Uh, you know, you got a, like a long future ahead of you when it comes to working within the game of baseball. Um, just for you through your eyes, just what is that vision that you kind of have for yourself just moving forward? Maybe some goals that you have. You know, going into you know three, four, five years down the road.
1: That's a great question. Um, for for me it's about, you know, continuing to develop these, you know, young men through pro five, you know, someday I would like to grow this to other sports as well, you know, have maybe, you know, softball, soccer, volleyball, um, and and really, you know, start to really create our own school, maybe get accredited someday, you know, that's going to be down the road a little bit more and have our own campus. Um, You know, that's probably more 10 years down the road, but five years down the road, I think it's more than realistic to add another sport um, at least as we continue to grow this thing. So, you know, pro five wise, that's how I look at it. And then Canes wise, You know, continue to help kids through the process. It's very rewarding for me, um, you know, to help people. You know, I think as, you know, humans, I think it's something that, you know, we don't do enough of sometimes. So, you know, to be able to help people through the process and, you know, help them achieve their goals, that's something I want to continue to do, you know, over the next five to 10 years um, as we continue to grow this thing and, you know, see what the future has in store. It's ever evolving.
0: Yeah. All right. So down to my final question here on the J Care podcast, you know, as you continuously as you continuously try to evolve, you know, whether that's for pro five, for yourself, for Kane's baseball, just looking at digging, dig, digging down deep. You know, what are some of those motivations that you have just, you know, continuously get up in the morning, continuously evolve, continuously get better?
1: Just what are some of those motivations that you have uh, to, to me? I mean, you know, it's about. Better men like that. That's the the simplest way I could put it. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I'll never tell you I'm perfect. I'll never tell any of my players I'm perfect. But it's about building better men for the future so that, you know, 10 years down the road when they leave our program and they have a job for the first time and they have a family and, you know, they're prepared for that moment. You know, they're present. You know, they have kids and, you know, they're able to take care of their kids and, you know, they have families that they're able to provide for. And um, you know to me that's you know what this whole thing is about that's what keeps me going every day um, and the competitive side of it like I love competing I always have I always will you know it's you know when we show up to the ballpark and there's somebody else in the other dugout you know I want to beat them every single day it's it's, it's plain and simple um, and that happens every single day it's not just you know on game day when we show up it's the preparation that goes into it through practice um, and on the recruiting trail and getting to know these kids so to me it's that drive of you know I want to be the best Academy that we can be, you know, what that is. I'm not sure. You know, I would like, you know, 10 years from now to look up and people to say, you know, that's the best Academy in the country. You know, that's the one you need to go to. So to me, it's about building that brand and, you know, continuing to build the Canes brand on, you know, what has been, you know, obviously, you know, 18 years of, you know, extraordinary stuff and, you know, just being a part of something great. You know, I think there's not many chances in life you get to do that. So, you know, I'm very fortunate to be able to do what I do. I'm very lucky to be able to do what I do and, Um, I'm very happy, you know, with the job that I have. Okay,
0: awesome. That was the final question here on the J.K.R. podcast for you. You know, super thankful for you coming on the show. You know, I'm super excited to be digging into Canes baseball. You know, talk talk about Pro 5 baseball as well with a couple of you guys. I'll just dig it in, kind of see what both these organizations are about. Obviously, Canes baseball, one of the biggest organizations within the travel baseball world. Um so pretty pumped to just learn more about the organization, how it was built and how you guys are sustaining that and just continuously evolving. Um so just just thankful for that. Thank you for you coming on the show. Um I would do want to wish you the best of luck as you guys continue through this spring season. Um you know I I know Hoover's coming right right around the corner here for that's a big academy event. Um. So best of luck the rest of this spring, best of luck this summer. And just as, as well as you continue on within your baseball career as a coach, you know, we're both young guys. I'm sure we'll, we'll be connected at some point in the future as well with both of us working in that baseball industry. Um, but oh, no, man, just thanks for coming on the J care podcast.
1: No, thank you for having me. And you're doing a great job, man. This is, this is exciting for you. And I wish you the best of luck. And, you know, if you ever need anything, obviously reach out to me, you have my number. So, you know, let's try to, you know, stay connected. And, um, you know, this baseball world small so i'm sure our paths will cross plenty of times